could say nothing. Yeah, all right. All right, if you have your Bibles tonight, turn back to Ruth. Back to Ruth tonight in chapter 1, as we have been. And hopefully tonight, with the help of the Lord, that we'll find ourselves uh, there in verse 19. And we'll go down to verse 22 tonight, and hopefully we'll close out this first chapter. My, what a chapter it's been. My, what a time that we've had already with God's Word and with Ruth. And, and uh, it's uh, not a very large book, but it sure has a large message. And so tonight we ask God that once again give us some help out of your Word. Do work within our souls tonight that might bring pleasure in your sight. As we stand to our feet tonight one more time in the honor of our, our God. And I'm going to ask you tonight, did you sing your best tonight? I've asked you before, and uh, I, I think I'm just going to start asking more often, amen? I, I want to I be able to sing my best every time. Every time. Do you sing tonight in such a way that all you hear is you? Yeah? You ought to sing like that. All you hear is you when you're in the shower. I mean, when you're in the shower, you're singing. You're not singing for somebody else to hear you. You're singing for you to hear you. I could just imagine. I wish I was a fly inside your car. And watching you sing in your car. Amen. I wonder tonight, are you singing as you sing in your car or at the shower? I mean, you're just giving it all you got. I want to encourage you to do that. Sunday night, Sunday morning, to Sunday evening. Amen. Let's sing. Let's just raise up the ceiling with the song of God. Y'all want to do that? All right. We'll see. All right. Verse 19. So they, too, went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley harvest. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus here this evening. God, what a privilege it is to be in your house tonight. God, the anticipation that I felt, Lord, while we were singing and while we were coming to church, the, the excitement, God, in my heart tonight to to be able to be with God's people, Lord, and God, to be able to hear God's word, and, and Father, my, that you might do a real work within the hearts of your people tonight, and God, I know the world tonight will bring us down, and I know uh, tonight, God, that burdens of life and the cares of life, God, will choke us, and we pray tonight you'll set us free. God, you'll liberate us tonight with your word. God, may your spirit tonight present within us, dear God, uh, a power and an energy and authority, God, to live for Jesus. God, to love you, Lord, to lean on you. God, to do as you ask and as you please. God, take the word of God tonight and do a special work within our hearts tonight. May Jesus be glorified. May you be honored and lifted up. 
We do thank you tonight, God, allowing Nico to come and visit with us tonight. It's our privilege that he's here. It's our honor tonight, God, to be in our church with us tonight. I pray God should move in his heart and his life. Pray you'll help this young man, God, to find purpose and reason in Christ Jesus our Lord. We love you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. I want to preach on there in that verse 19. It says that they, so they too went until they came to Bethlehem. I'm talking about Naomi and Ruth. Amen. I want to say tonight, they, Naomi and Ruth, were changed. Were changed. Both of them, when they got to Bethlehem, was different. I wonder tonight, let me ask you a question just starting out. Uh, have you changed in this life? Have you changed tonight? Can you say, can you look in the mirror tonight and, and begin to speak to yourself and say, I've changed. I've changed. I'm not the same. I'm not what I used to be. I'm not at all, at all, at all tonight where I was. I pray tonight that you can say that because it would be good if you could in one way, but bad in another. We find tonight another question. Is these, uh, would it be tonight that you've changed for better or for worse? I've changed. I know I changed. My family knows I changed. My friends know I changed. The workplace knows I changed. But has it been for better or for worse? There were some answers that you might need to ask yourself, a question you might ask yourself, and maybe you can answer them as well. We find that tonight when it says they too, uh, that is Naomi and that is Ruth, both tonight are believers. Their believers are coming and they're coming to the house of bread, two believers. Both of them have changed. Which one is you? We find that both of them were leaving the world. Both of them were leaving Moab, represents the world. And they're coming into the will of God. They're leaving out of Moab, the world, and they're coming to the place of God, the will of God. They're coming to the house of bread. They're coming to where God wants them to be. They're coming home. I wonder tonight, will that be you? Another question, I guess, is or another statement is this. Both of these, Mo, Mo, Nahum and also Ruth, or Naomi and Ruth, we find that they're both arriving by the hand of God's mercy and grace. Both of them tonight are coming out of Moab. And they're going into Bethlehem, Judea, which would be the promised land, the abundant life for you and I. And they're both being led and guided by the hand of God. Tonight, I want to say number one, I want you to notice Naomi's return. I want you to notice tonight in verse 19, says, So they too went unto, they came into Bethlehem. I want to talk about Naomi first, and then I want to talk about Ruth later. First of all, with Naomi tonight, I want you to notice that Naomi came to Bethlehem. And she was, and it was directed by God to come to Bethlehem. You say, how do you know that? 
Well, in verse chapter 1, verse 6, the Bible says uh, that God visited his people in giving them bread. It was God that let Naomi know about the visitation. Amen? It was God that so brought Naomi to the place and the understanding and the knowledge uh, that back down in Bethlehem, Judea, the house of bread, that God has blessed them. God's gift was bread and God's grace was that he brought it to them and they heard. See, Bible says she heard about that. In other words, somehow, some way, God has brought a messenger has brought somebody to give the good news, and that good news is, is God came back to his land. God came back to his people. God came back to the fact that the people have been in a famine, and they sinned against God, and they're under the judgment of God, but somehow, some way, that God's hand was stayed, and God has visited his people, and there's bread now, and Naomi has heard about that, and tonight we know that God is the one who orchestrated all of that, or she wouldn't have known. Uh, she might have stayed in, in, the, in, in Moab, amen. She might have still been there for 20, 30, 40 years if she wouldn't have heard that. We find, though, that, that God has visited his people. And so she was in or going to the Bethlehem, headed to Bethlehem. And it was because God was directing her to do that. God allowed her to know about it. So if God, again, would not allow her to know about it, she would not have gone. But God, in the way of his direction, so he's directing her to Bethlehem by letting her know what's going on. While she's in Moab, now she hears about Bethlehem, and then she says, you know what? I think I want to return. She packs up the, uh, the daughters-in-law and said, let's get on with the action. We're headed back to Bethlehem, Judea. Amen. God directed that. Number two. Not only did God direct it in the way he, God visited his people, but God visited his children. In chapter 1 and verse 13, it says, For it give, grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. You see, what she's saying is this to her daughter-in-laws. She's saying that I'm very grieved because the hand of God has moved her. You see, God's hand in the way of being his child, uh, being uh, his believer, being part of his kingdom, being part of who he is tonight, God won't allow you to be disobedient. God won't allow you to sin and stay in it. God won't allow you tonight to live however you want to live. God will not put up with it. God will not allow you to do that. He will chastise you. He'll bring upon you a disciplined friend. He'll bring upon you tonight a heartache and a hard day. And God will bring his hand against you. And you'll know uh, that God is there. And God will bring grievous upon your heart. It won't be a happy or glorious time. It will be a sorrowful time when you're in disobedience with God. And God had moved her. He's afflicted her. and Boy, she recognized it. And he's moving her from Moab to Bethlehem by the discipline he's putting upon her life. 
Tonight you better thank God as being a child of God, that God loves you enough tonight that he would chastise you, that he would afflict you, that he would bring some trouble in your life, that he would bring some difficulty and heartache and heartaches tonight so that you could see your ways of error and your waywardness and stubbornness and rebellion and know that God loves you, that he's trying to get you to go back home to Bethlehem. While you're playing around in the world, God says, I'm going to afflict you. Hallelujah, glory to God. It was God that was directing her back to Bethlehem. And God's hand was moving her. But his discipline was helping her. You don't know tonight that when you get a whooping, it's good for you. Children tonight, they're in here. And you do wrong against mom and against daddy. And a belt is plat behind your behind. Or maybe a paddle. Or maybe a little twitch. Amen. Or maybe a rod the Bible teaches of. And friend, you'll find that you say, oh, mom and daddy, that hurts. That hurts the behind. And, and it hurts bad. It's stinging. It's hurting. And I can't hardly sit down. And I tell you what. Uh, but don't do it. Right. Obey your mom and daddy. You won't get that kind of behavior and activity. But I'll tell you tonight, it was good for the kids. It's good for us when God whips on us. It's good when God disciplines tonight because he's letting us know that that discipline will help us. And what's helping Naomi right now tonight is God's afflicting her. And that helps us tonight. I tell you, I'm so glad tonight that when I get crossways with God and I get cold on the Lord and I get indifferent with Him tonight and I allow someone to cause me to, to have a division between me and my Lord tonight, that God comes down swiftly. He comes down suddenly and He comes down hard. He comes down the way that He is tonight and He brings me to a place of hurt and a place of suffering tonight, of grievous and His discipline upon my heart. I feel awful. I feel terrible. I feel like men. I just want to die. He says, son, I love you. I'm just trying to help you. Thank God for that tonight. We find that this hand of affliction is not only moving her. This is helping her. But we find that it's blessing her. Amen. She don't know uh, that what God is doing in her life is going to bless her. Amen. It's going to get her to Bethlehem, Judea. That's what's going to get her there. The blessing of God. The grace of God. We find number two tonight. Not only was God directing her in his return or her return. But God was delivering her. She was delivered by God. Do you know tonight that that time from Moab all the way to Bethlehem, Judea was about a 50 mile trip? Now that's nothing for us. We get in our, our cars and we zoom on down the road. You know, we, when it says 65, we go 75. You know, we break the law, we run the stop signs or roll the stop signs, and, and we, we turn right without any stopping. You ever drive like that? Cross the white, cross the solid lines. We run up behind somebody real fast. Hey, get out of the way. You should be over there in the right lane, not the left lane. The left lane is for those who break the law. Get over there, old grandma, grandpa. You know, you should go. If you don't like know how to drive, then get out of the car. From Speed Racer. Right? That's how it seems to be. And so we find in 50 miles, that's not very far. I can do that in 20 minutes. Now, that's, that's Brother Keith. Brother Keith can go from Centerville all the way, or from Stafford to Centerville in about 45 minutes. 
Don't let them tell you any different either. But fine, we said 50 miles. In those days, 50 miles on foot is about 7 to 10 days. Back in those days, there were robbers and thieves. Back in those days, friend, it was unruly and it was awful. It was a dangerous time. It was a difficult time. Can you imagine two widowed ladies? And they're getting there. Uh, they didn't have a horse. They didn't have a donkey. They didn't have a taxi cab. They didn't have an airplane. They didn't have a train. Uh, they didn't have anything tonight. They had two feet. And they got on their two feet, two ladies, two women, two widows. And friend, they got nothing. And all of a sudden, all they know is, is we're going to Bethlehem. And the reason why Naomi's going to Bethlehem, because God has directed her there, and now God's fixing to deliver her there. As she goes through all the dangerous places and all the dangerous men and all the times of opportunity for somebody to rob them, to kill them, to hurt them, to abuse them, God kept her safe. God delivered her. She had to go up 2,000 feet up of the hill in order to get down on the other side from Bethlehem, Judea. They had to cross the Jordan River. All opportunities for somebody to bring some abuse upon their lives. Our God delivered her. <laughs> Woo! Man, when God wants you to get somewhere, I promise you, you'll get there. And we find the delivery of God. So God delivered her to Bethlehem. Then thirdly, not only did God deliver her, but God determined her. God determined that she'd get there. The Bible says in verse 19, so they two went until. That's an important word, until. Until they came to Bethlehem. In other words, tonight, they didn't quit. Can you imagine the two women walking together and say, hey, yeah, my husband dead, your husband dead. Yeah, I know. I'll tell you, Moab. Ain't much in Moab, is there? No. Well, what do we got? We ain't got nothing. We don't own nothing. I can just imagine everybody looking around and saying, them old ladies right there walking down in the, up there on the trail there, down on, on the dusty ground uh, there. They don't have no pavement. They didn't have no concrete. They didn't have no freeway. They didn't have a 99. Friend, it's just all dirt and dust. It's all woods and ground. Animals. Animals the way of men. Animals are the way of animals. And friend, they're just going. They're just talking. And they find, listen, they sit until. They're, between Moab and Bethlehem, there could have been a possibility that they said, listen, let's just stop at the closest town. I'm tired. I'm wore out. I'm discouraged. You know what? I don't know if it's worth it to get to Bethlehem, Judea. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll just cut out on this little small town right here and we'll just make that home. Do you know what they didn't do? They didn't quit. You know why they didn't quit? Because God determined them to get to Bethlehem, Judea. Not only did they not quit, I noticed. I noticed until that they didn't only quit, but I noticed tonight that they didn't change their minds. 
They couldn't say after a thousand feet going up that hill, say, you know what, this is way too difficult. Way too difficult. They didn't say, you know what, man, this is taxing. This is taxing. When we get on the other side, we got to go over the Jordan. Oh, man, this is way too much. They didn't say until. And so we find that that God determined them to get there. They didn't say, boy, this is too hard. This is too difficult. Why didn't we have a man to help us out? Why do we have somebody to guard us and somebody to help us get there? Us two women alone. God determined them to get there. We find that God delivered them. God directed them. God determined them. Thank you, Lord, for the return of Naomi. We find number two. Notice that Naomi's revealing. When she got there, there in verse uh, 19, there was a question that was asked amongst the people. The Bible says that the city was moved. That word moved means there was a stir in the whole city. In other words, when Naomi came into Bethlehem, Judea, all the city stopped. All the people were aware. The Bible, that word moved there means there was a commotion. Can you imagine Naomi when she comes into Bethlehem, Judea, and every store, every market, every home, every woman and every man and every boy and every girl, uh, all was upon Naomi. Boy, how would you respond when everybody's looking at you and everybody's Got a frown on their face, and everybody's saying, Man, is this Naomi? I mean, is this Naomi? I mean, Naomi, is that you? We find that when she came, she came poorer. She came poorer than when she left. You say, how do you know that? Well, in verse 21, the Bible says, I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. I mean, she's poor. She left with everything. She had a husband. No doubt was wealthy. No doubt had everything he needed to go to Moab. Two boys. Two boys that seemed to be uh, with them and about them. And, and boy, and they have their they're things, they have everything they brought from Bethlehem, Judea. And it, she said she was full. I mean, she was rich. She was wealthy. She had everything she ever wanted. She had everything that she ever needed. There was nothing that Naomi didn't have that she didn't need. I mean, it was full. It was crammed. There was no more room. It was much as you could have, as anyone could have tonight. And now she shows up in Bethlehem, Judea, and she's poor. Poor. She is empty. I mean, she ain't got, she ain't got nothing. I mean, listen, Fred, she's coming back to Bethlehem, Judea, different in the way of poor. But secondly, I noticed tonight that she was lower. Lower. Verse 20. She said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara. That word Mara means bitter. So when she left, 
she left with joy. For her name means pleasant. But when she came back, she returned in bitterness. In other words, she was lower when she came back than when she left. When she left, she was full of joy, full of pleasantness. Hey, it's going to be better down in Moab. We got it together. I got my husband. I got my children. We got all our things. And we're going down to, Bethlehem, going down to Moab. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. They have some bread down there. We ain't got no bread. So we're going to go down there. Everything's going to be good. But now she comes back to Bethlehem, Judea, and she is lower. She's bitter. She's angry. Her countenance has fallen. Her spirit is low. Barely to raise her head. We find tonight as she comes into Bethlehem, Judea, and all of looking upon her. Is this Naomi? She's poor. She's lower. But then thirdly, she comes in and she's older. See, when she left, she left beautiful. For her name means beauty. Whenever Naomi left, she left a beautiful woman. She left a woman that has great beauty. But when she comes back, the Bible says that she comes back with ugliness. For they're looking at her and saying, is that Naomi? For if she was beautiful, they would have said, that's Naomi. But because of her ugliness, they're saying, is that Naomi? Is that Naomi? Is that Naomi? They couldn't hardly recognize her. The beauty has gone. She comes back pure, poor. She comes back lower. She comes back older. And the reason why, because in verse 13 of chapter 1, we read it well ago, but she has now faced the marks of disobedience. You see, disobedience will cause you to go lower, become poor and ugly. You keep on disobeying God, friend, and you'll find yourself in a place where Naomi was. You think it's beautiful now, and you think you got joy now, and you think that you got full of everything now. You keep on disobeying God. You're going to face the marks of disobedience. Five years from now, you come strolling in here, and we're going to say, who in the world are you? We find tonight that she has the marks of disobedience. She has the scars tonight of sin. Verse 21 tells us that tonight it says that he hath testified against me and the almighty hath afflicted me she has found that she has the scars of sin she is now all scarred up i'm gonna tell you something tonight you might enjoy sin for just a moment and you might enjoy sin for just a little while you might enjoy sin for just a season amen but I'm going to tell you tonight what sin will do sin will bring scars it'll scar your life 
It'll scar your marriage. It'll scar your children. It'll scar your church. It'll scar your testimony. It will scar your body. Then you'll come back living in sin tonight, and you'll be more unhealthy than you were. You'll find that your life is less. You'll find your worth is less. You'll find you have no purpose, no reason. And you'll say, scars are on me. And I can walk around tonight, and I say, Sister Sophie, you got a scar on you. And she'd say, yeah, I got one. I said, let me see it. She said, right here on my hand. I said, how long you had that? Oh, I had that four or five years. Well, you're going to have it another 15. Scars just don't go away. And sin, sin tonight will cause scars. Why do you want to keep on living in disobedience? Why do you want to keep on living in sin tonight? You're just going to be all scarred up. One of these days, we won't even recognize you. One of these days, we'll say, who is that? We find tonight, not only do I notice the, the marks of disobedience and the scars of sin, but I notice in verse 21, I notice the signs of chastisement. Boy, when you keep on getting chastised, you keep on getting whipped. You keep on getting time spread at time out. You find yourself in the woodshed more often than you ought to. You find yourself uh, getting, a, a getting a little a whooping and a little time with God. And God is steadily bringing forth a, a whipping upon your life. It gets old. The signs of, of chastisement is upon her. Oh, God, he ain't quit. Ever since I left Bethlehem, Judea, I've been under the chastening hand of God. For over 10 years now, God is just, aren't you getting tired? I mean, I remind myself, as a young boy, I got a whipping every day. I'm thinking, why did I do that? It didn't make no sense to me. I feel sorry for my dad. He'd come on working a, a late night shift, and, and uh, I come on. My Aunt Brenda was there, and she's a tattletale. And uh, she'd come home. Susie walks in the door. Uh, Hi, Daddy. Good to see you. Let me tell you about Larry. I wanted to whoop her so bad. Daddy would take me into a room and pull me over and said, Pull you out of your pants, boy. I don't have shorts on. And I'd get a whipping, and after I'd get a whipping, Daddy would leave me in my room, and I'd cry a little while. And I'd go in the front room, and he's eating. I'd just sit up next to him. I could just see it right now. He'd put his arm around me and say, Son, I love you. And I know he did. But why did I keep on getting whippings? I mean, it was like every day for 10 years. Same way with you living in sin. Why do you keep on getting scars? Why do you keep on getting marks? Why do you keep on doing that? Why do you keep on saying no to God's mercy and grace and God's righteousness and saying yes to the world and yes to sin and yes to pleasure? We find Naomi tonight. As she, is getting, she came to Bethlehem, she finds herself in a place of older. And this is what happens when you are leaving out of God's will tonight, and you begin to live according to your own will and not according to His Word. I'm just trying to warn you, dear friend. I'm just trying to tell you, dear church friend, you can't keep on living in sin. We find here, if she could do it again, if we can ask Naomi, Naomi, 
Let me ask you a question. After you've got all these scars and signs and marks, after better of 10 years, I wonder, Naomi, if you could do it again, would you do anything different? Tonight, I wonder, I've asked you tonight, if you could do it all over again, would you do anything different? If you could go back and change anything in your life, would you change anything? There's everybody in this room that would say, Brother Larry, I would change. I would make some different decisions and I would make some different choices. If I could just do it over again. But here's the sad part. You can't. You can't. Now we got to live in the reality. What are we going to do now? What are you going to do now? What's your decision this morning, this evening? What are you going to make this, this evening? How are you going to change? What are you going to do about your life with God? How are you going to handle the scars and signs and marks of sin? Can I say here, fourthly, now she come poorer, lower, older, but she came odder. She came odd. For as they was looking at her saying, is this Naomi? For I remember over ten years ago she left with three. Now she comes back with one. That's odd. What happened? Naomi, is that you? I mean, where's Emelech at? Where's Maon? Jilon, where are they at? It's odd that they're not with you, uh, Naomi. And Naomi, you coming back with one woman. Who in the world is her? Odd. It is odd, isn't it? Yeah, she come back odder than she left. Well, she's a Mobite woman. Oh, what? A Mobite? I mean, you brought a Mobite down to Bethlehem, Judea? That's our enemy. We hate Mobites. We, we are told that they shouldn't even come into our congregation under the 10th generation and forever. Don't allow her to step on our soil. This is God's land. And here's an old, dirty, rotten, pagan woman. Naomi, that's odd you'd bring an enemy to our land. Right? Odd. So she come back odder. A woman, a believer. They didn't know she was a believer, though, but she'll know, they'll know pretty soon. This is odd. Uh, Naomi, where'd your family go? Naomi, who is this woman and what is she doing with you? You see, tonight, when you continue to live apart from God and God's will and God's presence and God's power, when you come back, listen to me closely now, when you get out of the will of God and you begin to get backslidden on God and His Word tonight makes no difference in your life and you go out into the world, you begin to live like you want to live and all of a sudden you want to come back to Bethlehem, Judea. You want to come back to God. You want to come back to where you left God. You'll come back to get right with God. I'm going to tell you tonight, when you come back, it's never the same. It's never the same. It will never be like it used to be. Is that true? 
That's true in every area. Your marriage, and you get married, and you get separated, and you're separated for six months, eight months, a year, and you get back together. It's just not the same. You remember when you was dating, and you couldn't get along, and you, you got a separation from the date? He goes his way, she goes her way. A year later, y'all see each other again. It's not the same. You have a job, you got a good job, you like your job, position your job, you decide one day you want to go somewhere else for 50 cents more an hour, and you get over there and you think, oh, 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 the grass ain't greener on this side. I want to go back. The boss says, yeah, you can come back. But it's just never the same. You go out in the world, you live in the world for a year, year and a half, two years, you come back to glory about this church, and you walk in here, we'll not love you any less, we'll not treat you any different, but it's not going to be the same. And when Naomi went back to Bethlehem, Judea, uh, she was thinking maybe it could be the same, but she came, and it's never the same. She left with three, she came back with one. It's never the same. It will never be like it used to be. It will never, ever, ever go back to where it was. You see, rebellion tonight will bring everything in your life different. Stubbornness tonight will never bring you to the back to the place you were before you were stubborn. Unrighteousness tonight, ungodliness tonight, when you live for God and then you start living for the world and living for yourself and you come back to Bethlehem, Judea, you can find that that unrighteousness will know it won't ever be the same. And that ain't because the church is not the same and God's not the same, but you're not the same. Amen. See, it will cost you more tonight by living in the world and living under sin and living your own way and your own will tonight. It will cost you more than you think. i tell you something else. It will hurt you more than you thought. Yeah. Right now, you know, that's just old Brother Larry. Old Brother Larry, he's always preaching on that. Uh, get right with God. Get saved. You know, get your heart in tune with the Lord. That's just his M.O. That's just who he is. He's been doing it for 20 years and over. And, boy, that's just him. But you know what? You can say all you want to say. But the fact of the matter is anyone in this room living in sin, stop tonight. Anybody in this room tonight who's unsaved and to die and bust hell wide open tonight, get saved tonight. Don't go another day, another night, another hour, another minute. I'm just saying, that's exactly when Naomi then went to Bethlehem, Judea. When she showed up, that was her return. <laughs> Number three, I want you to notice Naomi's response. She says in verse 20, she changed her name. Her name was Naomi, and she changed her name there in verse 20 to call her Mara. Mara meant bitter. In other words, tonight, she's saying to them in the way of response to them is, I am now sour and I was sweet, but now I'm sour. It's just what I am. I've been over 10 years out of the will of God, and now I'm sour. And that's what's going to make you too. Sour. Bitter. 
refined. Not only did she change her name, but she changed, she charged her God. You know who she blamed for those years of being out of the will of God and living in sin and disobedience? You know who she charged? You know who she blamed? The Almighty. Look what she says. Verse 20. For the Almighty had dealt very bitterly with me. That's why I don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara. Why, Naomi? Because the Almighty. That's why. Then verse 21. I went out full and the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why then you call me Naomi? Seeing the Lord had testified against me and the Almighty hath afflicted me. That's why. She charged God. She said that the Almighty has made me bitter. Now that's common tonight to all rebellious children. Everybody who's out of the will of God and living not for God tonight will always blame God. God, you're the one who caused me to get in that car wreck. You're the one who caused me to lose that job. You're the one who put me in the hospital. You're the one who allowed that man to come in my life. You're the one who got me pregnant. You're the one that got my bank account and, and come in and stole, defrauded, embezzled all my money. Now I ain't got no money. You're the one why I'm drinking, why I'm drugging. You don't know my, my home life. You don't know the way I grew up. You didn't know my marriage. You didn't know what happened, what took place for me. And you know what? I ran to alcohol, ran to drugs. I ran to pornography. I ran to women. I ran to outlaws. I ran to crime. I ran to everything, anything. And God, none of that's my fault. All of it is your fault. That's the case. Every single time. A rebellious children. Will blame God. It's common tonight that wayward children will blame God. They're wayward, they're disobedient, they're out of the will of God, they're rude, they're crude, they don't care, they don't want to care, and friend, they'll blame God, they'll blame their mother, they'll blame their daddy, they'll blame their sister, their brother, their job, they'll blame Biden, they'll blame Schumer, they'll blame uh, over there in Russia, they'll blame North Korea, they, they will blame anyone and everyone, but it's never them. The way you are tonight, who you are tonight, is not your fault. Don't allow a stupid psychologist and a stupid psychologist tell you them lies. You have caused what you caused. You are the reason why you are where you are. You have been and where you're going to be and where you're going to go. It's your fault and you alone. You've got to deal with that tonight. She said, Almighty. That word Almighty is El Shaddai. Anybody heard of that before? El Shaddai? El Shaddai. That's that one. That's God. The provider, the powerful one. She said, it's your fault. The common, the stubborn children tonight. And God says, you know what? It's not my fault. It's your fault. Number two, 
Ninus, she charged her God, Almighty has made me bitter. But then verse 21, she says, All God, uh, Almighty has made me broken. That word in verse 21, the word afflicted, it means broken. And what she's saying to God is, God, you brought me poor. You brought me lower. You brought me uglier. And you brought me honor. It's your doings, God. You're the one that met me down in Moab. And you're the one that brought me back to Bethlehem, Judea. And you brought me back in the condition I am. God, it's your fault. That's what she's saying. Amen. Some of y'all looking at me like a calf staring at a new gate. Like, man, where in the world did you come off the truck at? I'm reading the Bible, ain't I? I mean, I couldn't make this up if I had to. Yet, verse 21, she said this. She said, I, verse 21, verse, verse 21, I went out full, and the Lord brought me home again empty. I went out. You know, when she left Bethlehem, Judea, you know who left? I left. Where was God in Bethlehem, Judea? She don't know, but she just took the proof of God's word and she condemned her own self. She said, God, I went out. Not we. I. She said, God, when I left Bethlehem, Judea, not me and you left. I left. Well, now when I come back, I come back empty. Empty of what? Well, she has no spouse. This is what happens when I gets involved. She has no spouse. She has no sons. She's got no substance. She absolutely has nothing because the Bible says uh, that she is empty. We find tonight as well in this that she has no spiritual life. She come back empty. She has no walk with God. She has no witness of God. And she has no work for God. Empty. Can I say here thirdly tonight? She confess, her confession, or she confesses her source. In verse 21, she says, the Lord brought me home. We've already said that, didn't we? That it was God that delivered her, God that departed her, God that was the one who drove her and provided for her and got her home. It was His mercy. It was His grace. It was His love. See, when she came back from Moab to Bethlehem, Judea, she came back at her lowest point of life. And I'm going to tell you something tonight. When you decide that I'm sick and tired of living like a pauper, I'm sick and tired of living away from God. I'm sick and tired of living as if I don't know God. In order for you to come back to God, you're going to come back to God in your lowest. Yeah. That's how you're going to get back. When you get down low, real far down, and then you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to go back. She went... 
She came back at her lowest. She came back at her worst. Naomi's never been this bad, ever. Oh, but friend, when you come up against God and you want to play games with Him and you think your sin's going to be worth it and you think your pleasurable nights are going to be good and you think you're going to outlast God and you think you're going to trick God in the night and you think tonight you're going to just come to church and act like everything's okay but down deep in your heart you're full of bitterness you're full of sin you're full of desires of the world tonight and you're a child of God friend you're going to come back to God when you come back to God he's going to kill you friend you'll find that you'll come back at your very worst you're going to come back tonight at the very place not on your worst but you're going to find you'll come back in your lowest you're going to come back tonight in a place, in a time when you're going to be where you don't know what else to do at the weakest point of your life. As a child of God tonight, you're coming back. God will allow His children to go off. You're coming back. And if you don't come back, He's going to kill you. He said, my, my spirit shall not always strive with man. But when you come back, you're going to come back the weakest. This is when we come back to God. God Almighty will bring you back. Tonight, the one who's out of the will of God, you'll allow God to do that. Can I show you here tonight? Number four, let's talk about Ruth for just a minute. I've got two points. You know, I wasn't going to change my watch because I got an hour extra to preach, right? But I thought y'all might catch on to that. So I changed it. But I still noticed that I have like six minutes. Look at verse 22. I want you to notice Ruth's resolve. In verse 16 to 17, she said to Naomi, she says, I will go where you go, and I will lodge where you lodge, and where thou diest, I will die. You know what she did in her resolve while she's in verse 22? She's with Naomi, and they're in Bethlehem, Judea. Her resolve was she kept her word. That's what people do when they get saved. She just got saved in verse 16 and 17. She just become to know the God of the creation of the world. She just now has believed and trusted in him. And now she's in Bethlehem, Judea. She told Naomi that she will go with her. She will uh, stay with her. She'll die with her. And sure enough, she is in Bethlehem, Judea. She kept her word. Isn't that something? How God will save your soul and control your tongue. She actually did what she said she was going to do. That's pretty good resolve, isn't it? That's pretty good for old heathen pagan Moabite. She said she's going to go with her, and she sure, sure enough, she did. Right? I mean, many people said, yeah, I'll go with you. i come to church. Yeah, I'll be there, and you don't show up, you old rascal. I always show people whenever we're out knocking doors, you say you're going to come to church? Yeah, well, are you a man of your word? Are you a woman of your word? Are you just going to tell me something and don't do it? What are you? Well, a lot of, yeah, I'm a man of my word. Well, they don't show up, so they're not much of a man of the word. 
But Naomi, she said, I will go, I will lodge, and I will die. And sure enough, she's there. And see what salvation to do for you? Number two, I noticed that she kept her word, but I noticed she followed her will. In verse 18, the Bible says, And when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, that's Naomi speaking of Ruth, then she left speaking unto her. Man, listen, she followed her word. She was fixed. I'm going to Bethlehem, Judea. I'm firm. I am focused. Steadfastly minded, and she followed her will. It was her will to be saved, her will to know God. It was her will to go back to Bethlehem, Judea, and it was her will to be with Naomi doing that. And friend, when she showed up in Bethlehem, Judea, she followed her will. And many of us tonight follow our wills, but it's not the will of God. It's not the will to go to Bethlehem, Judea, like she did. Thank you, Ruth. You're, you're an encouragement to my heart tonight. That you kept your word and you followed your will because you said that you are steadfastly minded. You know what we need tonight in the house of God? We need some steadfastly minded people. I'm sick and tired of the fickle. I'm sick and tired of the double-minded man that's unstable in all their ways. I'm sick and tired of people saying they're going to do something and they don't. I'm sick and tired of those who say I'm committed and you're not. I'm tired of people who are not responsible or accountable or reliable. Boy, Ruth, she's got some resolve. Thirdly, she obeyed her God. You see, God, for Ruth, has plans for her. Amen? If you read through Ruth, You'll find that God's going to do something with Ruth. But God had to get Ruth to Bethlehem, Judea, out of Moab. She followed. She was faithful. She was obedient to her God. God has promises to her, and God has pleasures in her. Amen? She don't know that yet. We do. We find her resolve. Then lastly, I notice Ruth's reception. Whenever she got there in Bethlehem, Judea, God sent her with a fresh start. The Bible says that in the beginning of the barley harvest. You see, in the barley harvest, in the beginning of it, there's joyfulness there. All the land of, of Israel, Bethlehem, Judea, is shouting for joy. Because there is a beginning of a barley harvest. They were joyful to see the fields of barley. Can you imagine, here was, here was Ruth. And she just came uh, out of Moab, the land of waste. And she's walking up to Bethlehem, Judah. She gets there, and the fields are just full of barley. People are praising God. People are joyful. Oh, look what God has done for us. Look what God has provided. Our fields are abundantly. We've got more than we've ever asked. God has blessed us in such an amazing way. Can you imagine, old Ruth? Boy, I ain't got nothing like this. I'm in Bethlehem, Judea. I've got a fresh start. Man, that's what happens when you get saved tonight. You get a fresh start. 
Man, God will land you right there with the blessings. God will land you right there with the joy. Boy, you'll have a rest in your soul. You'll have peace in your heart. You'll say, boy, I tell you, I can't wait to get there. Then when you get there, God, man, you talk about it was accident timing. No, it was perfect timing. God got them right there at the beginning of the barley harvest. And there was joy. There was praise. When she looked at those fields, there was hope. Man, when she looked at those fields, there was gratefulness. Man, she returned out of her country in Moab, the land of waste, the land of wickedness, the land of woes. And she arrived in the land of Judah where God was at. I showed. And we find her tonight in the place of reception. And God said to her, hey, my daughter, come on to me in my land. And I show you, boy, I just fill you up. And she got there, and she has a fresh start now. Ain't that something? Number two, God sent, there, sent her there with a full satisfaction. There was praise in the towns. There was plenty in the fields. There was provisions in the homes. See, this is where God's presence is at. This is where God's power is displayed. This is where God's provision is given. Ruth has never been so satisfied. Ruth has been never so happy. Ruth has been never so full than when she came into the land of Bethlehem, Judea. Oh, can I say this tonight? They were changed. Naomi left pleasant, happy, joyful, full. She gets down to Bethlehem, Judea, and she's been changed. Why? Sin. Here you got Ruth, living in Moab, false gods, nothing there is a land of waste. Unhappiness, unjoyful, ungrateful. Absolutely nothing there to even brag on, to even talk about. God said, I hate it. It's a wash pot. He said, people ain't even coming to my house. And she gets to Bethlehem, Judea. She's changed. You know why she's changed? She got saved. Both of them were changed. Now, let me ask you a question tonight. Are you changed? Some of y'all are changed because of sin. You're no longer happy. You no longer got a smile on your face. You no longer want to get involved. You no longer want to stay after and talk and visit. You no longer are faithful. You're no longer excited. You're no longer as it was when you first got saved. And you were concerned about souls. You were concerned about church. You loved to come to the house of God. The word of God spoke to your heart. Your prayer time was special to you. The time to live for God during the week was just out of nor out of ordinary. And man, you enjoyed life. And today, you're different. You're not the same. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm just saying you're not the same. And then there's tonight, folks, you got saved. And man, life is worth living. You excited? You want to hear God's word? When you come to the house of God, you got anticipation. Whenever you walk out, you say, brother, thank you. 
I appreciate that, man. This I encouraged my heart. And you come back, and you come back, you come back, you give, you do, you pray, you love, you witness, you're home, you're excited, and everything seems to be all right. Let me say it like this, and I close tonight. For Naomi, life was hard. Y'all see that? But for Ruth, it was easy. We ain't got into it yet, but I'll just give you a little bit of it. Here, Ruth gets saved in verse 16 and 17. In verse 22, she shows up, and the fields are busting out. Wow. Chapter, chapter 2, she walks in, and she meets a man named Boaz. Boaz has got his fields, and they're gleaning, and, and they're abundant, and there's some, drop, there's some things that just drop off to the side. And, well, there's Naomi. She's thankful for God, thankful for the Lord that she can get the little drops, the little extras on the side. She ain't never had anything like that. All of a sudden, boy, she gets to dropping. All of a sudden, Boaz has an eye for her. Next thing you know, Fred, she goes on to Naomi and says, Hey, Naomi, I met a guy named Boaz. She said, Yeah, that's the kinsman redeemer. I know him. She said, Get close to him. She gets close to Boaz. Next thing you know, Boaz is telling him, hey, fellas, give her a little extra. <laughs> Woo! Next thing you know, she's looking at, he looks at Naomi, I mean, look at Ruth, says, you want to marry me? She says, oh, yeah, I want to marry you. He said, come on here to be my wife. She becomes his wife. They have some children. The children have some children, and now she's the great-grandma of David. She's in the lineage of Jesus. Woo! Uh, I'm telling you, Fred, whenever you decide that you're going to live for God, life gets easy. And you decide to live for the devil in the world, life gets hard. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Thank you, Father. What a glorious God you are. Thank you for your precious word. Thank you for your undefiled word. Thank you, Father, for the precious Son of God. Thank you tonight for being good to us through the word of God. I wonder tonight, if there be any Christian in here there's no shame tonight to get out of the will of God, but the shame is staying out of the will of God. Is there anybody here tonight that's a Christian? And you say, Lord, you say, God, I, I'm out of your will. I got sin in my life. I got things in my life. I'm, I'm bitter. I'm angry. And I'm going to come tonight, and I'm going to get these things right with God. I'm tired of living this difficult, hard life. Then tonight, is there any sinner in here? Any one tonight who knows not God for their Savior? Jesus is not Lord of your life. Won't you just slip out right now? Come on down to this altar. Bow your knee and bow your heart. Confess that you're a sinner before a holy, thrice God. Put your faith in Him and make Him your Lord this day. And have an easy life. What life do you want tonight? Hard or easy? You make choice. You sing, Brother George. Again, if nobody comes, we'll close after the first song.
How about you tonight? How about you? You say, Brother Larry, if I come right now, you don't put me in a position people will know that either I'm lost or I'm wrong with God. Wouldn't that something? The people will finally know tonight what they already know and what God knows. You're not going to surprise anybody. You're not going to shock anybody. Won't you move as God moves you tonight? Won't you let go and let God have your heart and life? How much longer are you going to live it yourself? How much longer are you going to defy God? God, He'll win. You can't fight Him and win. You might as well just take the white flag tonight and roll in the air and say, I give up, God. I give up. I'm done. I'm through. Whether you're lost or whether you're saved tonight, I'm done. Won't you come? Come, dear sinner friend. Come, saint of God. As soon as he's through with this, this verse here, we're done for tonight. But I pray God's not done. I pray he'll continue to speak to our hearts. Blessed be his name. Hallowed be his name. Yes, amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight, and we're going to take a few moments. Now, if you can't stay, you can, you, you can be dismissed if you'd like. You don't have to stay here. This is voluntary for sure. Deeper than the ocean and wider than the sea is the grace of the Savior for sinners like me. Yes, it's great.
reaches me.